All right. <clears throat> so you guys remember where we last left off? No. Did we get on the gambler yet? <laughs> the gambler? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you said. It was the gambler. What? I think you said the gambler. I was like, that's a way better name for some reason. <laughs> that's a happy name. Um, well, yeah, you guys got on the gambler because you guys were in the air, and then Tin got her wings. That's right. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. It, it was yes. like the end of a movie. It's like the end of the like first movie because like, we've taken some hits, but things are still aspirational, which means we're entering the second movie where everything goes to shit. And then in the third movie, we're going to save the day with some Ewoks. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Done. Woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team. But at least we've got no What's up, everybody? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of World Walkers. Previously, the group boarded the Gambler on their way to the Fields of the Forgotten, which, despite Tompkins' insistence, seems to be a source of anti-magic. Since this would leave most of the party disabled, the World Walkers have set a course for the Merchant City of Hollum in an attempt to procure protection from the dangerous auras engulfing the fields. I think there's two things that Vasa wanted to do. Oh yeah, uh, Vasa would have mentioned at some point to the group in with Tompkins there, being like, oh yeah, by the way, the Captain Gambler, he mentioned that there were cogwheels of death in this field that we're going to. Tompkins, what is that about? I'm sorry? He's, he was kind of like, he's writing something in his journal, and he looked at me and goes, cogwheels, what, death, what? Yes. Uh, the Captain says that the field is full of deadly machines. Just real deadly. No, that would be Terrible. No, no, no. You talking about the the fields, the forgotten? Uh, that's what he called it, right? I don't. It may, maybe things have changed, but it used to be a great place to get dancing lily wilds. So, guys, I think that there's deadly cogwheels of death in this field. I trust the cogwheels. Yeah. Do we ask any more about that? Sounds like something we should follow up on. <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty important since they can kill forged. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Vasa would have at some point inspired out of nowhere, found Brummelstone, and, you know, obviously the exchange is very, like, polite and all that stuff, because they still got that history, but um, she actually passes the shard over to Brummelstone, she says, I think we need to figure out more about the shard, because we've never investigated before, but yeah, she says, um, I-, I know you need something to take your mind off of this, but if you could figure out more about the shard, you're the most qualify to do so and passes the shard to Bromostone. Bromostone would nod and be like, thank you for the distraction. Yeah. <laughs> just just came to me out of nowhere. Don't don't know where that thought came from. But yeah. You too can inspire ideas like this if you're a Patreon and Backslash, 
I mean, if nobody else is going to like have any specific action, like Vasa would have tried to find the gambler captain to try to make him come over and tell in person about these cogwheels of death. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't take too much. He's up on um he's up on deck walking around and you bring him over to the group and he looks over and he says uh he first he looks over at Tin. He says that was quite the display. Thank you. He just kind of nods and he says, "Can you do that a lot? You want to scout for us?" Uh, you know, I've had my days of of being the messenger, of being the <laughs> scout, and uh, you know, I think those days are behind me. Uh, but thank you for the offer. That's all right. I wasn't going to pay you. Um. <clears throat> oh, okay. So I just throw a little, and he says, "Uh, <laughs> so uh, what? What did you need me for?" Uh, Captain, please regale us with um, more details about these. You said the fields of Forgotten are filled with death machines, you were telling me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Terrible place. So wouldn't go there. Um, they, there are, I mean, I don't really, you know, the, um, so the field, I don't know, how many of you guys know about the field of Forgotten, like what's there? And Tom Kent raises his hand. He's like, me, I know all about it. And... <laughs> He's shaking Basa, your head or it'll be Basa pushes Tompkins' hands down. Just just assume we know nothing. Oh, sure, sure. Um so <clears throat> basically there was this big battle that took place there, and um somebody from Kadim had turned against their own people and set off a wave of like don't trust me on terminology. I don't know the terminology. Dead magic? Death magic? Kill switch magic. I don't know what it's called. Um, I'm not a mage person. And Wesley, you would know, or Brummelstone, you would know. He's he's trying to talk about anti magic. Mm. The um, I believe the term you're searching for is anti. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, so <laughs> <Hate> the stuff. <clears throat> yeah, this anti magic uh, basically spread out across the entire area and killed all of the. Uh, he looks over at Tin and Roberto. Uh, your kind, and uh, ripped—I guess like ripped their lives out. Um, but then someone or something went down there uh, after some time and fitted all. Excuse, I'm not trying to get gross, Anya. And he's looking over, kind of nervous over at Tin and uh, Roberto. He's like basically like ripped open the bodies of the. Uh, the forged you guys and um, rebuilt them with Ew. steam tech. Gross. And we're so, headed towards this place. Um. Yeah. Eventually. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. So. Um. I guess it's the closest thing that you guys have to undead. Forged. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> yes. Are they intelligent say. or are they just? Blind death machines with no use of the prior living host skills. I fly right over them. Have they ever shot anything at you? Either I'm really fast or no. What? So what kind of... In- Who was the person or people or thing that went and put them, like, ripped them open and did that? more great questions i don't know like i i seriously know as much as i told you and then the part where i fly over them is like the end of that story all i know is that back where we came from the spiritual leader of the forged has gone missing 
It would be totally weird for him to come make an army of zombies, though. But oh, even... right, yeah, that would be weird. That guy—I don't know his name, but yeah, whoever the um the mega leader of the um you guys. And he points to Tin and Bordo again. It's yeah, he forged. wouldn't do that. They like being called forged. Thanks, Grandma. Like I mm-hmm. do a fist bump. <laughs> and then like Ernold Ur- like joints would creak when you <laughs> make contact. <laughs> He's like, This is why I, I wanted to make sure you guys got where you were going while also being safe, so I was gonna kinda drop you off a ways mm-hmm. from the field of the forgotten. In case um as your friend just pointed out, they do shoot at us. I don't want to find out if they do shoot at us. I'd like to remain ignorant. Well, you know, if Tompkins, do you know exactly where in the field you need to be? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Unless they move no, the I, cave. No, I mean exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. Like, if you look, he, he, he you keeps doing, like, finger the... motions, like, as if that's going to tell you he knows. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. saying if you were above the field, could you point to exactly where the cave is? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, that's right. no problem. Well, I'm taking some swan dives off the deck. Yeah, we could just potentially. I mean, if we dropped at the edge of the field, we would have to fight our way in. But if we're dropped <laughs> on top of the captain, kind of raises his eyebrows. He goes, "You guys are going to skydive off of well, an airship into the graveyard." Featherfall, right? Featherfall. You're yeah, gonna right. drop feathers uh, on them? Don't worry about it, Captain. We got some tricks up our sleeves. So Tin would propose, like, while uh, people are occupied, be like, "Listen, guys, I've got a great idea. So what you see, we could just jump off the ship and like skydive, and then at a certain range, I could cast Featherfall, and then we could just float down." Sounds about right. Scary, I don't like this idea. I don't like it. Oh yeah, Roberto's scared of, like, things. Tin, can you just fly and you give me two feather falls? I don't think it works that way. <laughs> you just, can you double up you... my feather falls? <laughs> They're not little boots. You'll be fine, Roberto. Your, uh, your turtle will protect you. For a landing. Just land on the turtle. be sure to fall on your turtle. No, what was wrong with you? Use it as a parachute. It's a little shell. <laughs> And Bromo Stone would have said something like, I fall into the ground enough, so if, they, if that was having killed me, surely this won't either. <laughs> yeah, Bromo Stone's greatest enemy is gravity. <laughs> if we're more or less done powwowing over the, uh, the field of deadly machine zombies, Vasa would be casually strolling the ship, trying to use her amazing investigation skills to pick up any hints about the, the gambler's background or locations that it's been to or business. Yep, yep. Um, kind of scouting around a little bit, you would know that most of the ship is wide open except for his chambers, which are locked uh, several times over. And then there's another room that is... It has a nice red uh, wooden door with gold trim, and that is locked as well. Not nearly as fortified as the captain's quarters, but um, it has a decent lock on it. Um, the cargo area is pretty open, but that's probably probably because he doesn't have anything. Doesn't seem to be uh, doing any other jobs on the side or anything. Um, if you go down to where they keep the steam copters, the dwarves down there kind of uh, you know help you find your way out. But not in any kind of suspicious way. Like, you don't get a bad read from them. They just don't want people down there with the steam copters. 
Um, other than that, unless you're going to start talking to people, that's about all you would find. There's not really, uh, doesn't seem to be any secrets on the ship. Yeah. Um, if she could, she would eventually, uh, find Mr. Wibbles and pull up next to him with a two hands full of mugs of ale and be like, Mr. Wibbles comes. I don't, I don't, I don't think you've celebrated enough. Come on, drink, drink. Um, <clears throat> and he kind of looks over and he says, what are we celebrating? Celebrating friendship, which I think you know a lot about. Clearly, the captain relies on you quite a bit, I've noticed. Uh, yeah, I'm the only one that knows how to work anything on the ship, so. Ah, so you are just his right-hand man. Crucial to his every adventure. Such as it is. And he just kind of nods and he begins drinking. Yeah, what? I bet you have so many stories to tell. You must have got helped him get out of so many binds. I can tell. It's true. You have a good eye. He kind of nods and continues drinking. Yeah. By the way, what does Mr. Wibbles look like? Mr. Wibbles is a big dwarf. Uh, he's fairly round, but at this distance, you can see it's all muscle. Like He's just this really stocky, ripped dwarf with uh, coal black hair. The beard has... Uh, no upkeep. It just grew and kept growing until he rounded it out and said that's enough. Um, usually has a pair of uh, obsidian uh, colored goggles on his head. Uh, he has a large wrench. Like, and I mean by large, I mean like it looks like it's a weapon. It's that large that he actually slings over his back. And then he has a tool belt around him as well. He usually is wearing like a really tight kind of armless kind of tank top shirt. Um, of a really durable material, and yeah, that's about his look. He's just always covered in soot and other oily kind of unmentionables. I guess Vasos be which is like ah, oh, you know this this airship adventuring life. It doesn't leave much room for a family, does it? And he says, uh, "Forgive me if I'm going to come off really harsh or forward, but um, is there something that you're trying to get out of me?" Because I'll talk, but I'm not good at it. No, Mr. Wibbles. <laughs> I just feel that, you know, we've we've uh, been riding on the ship's generosity for so long. I felt it would have been a disservice to not at least get to know the crew that's been so kind to my party and I. And I know that you ha you definitely have a hand in keeping the ship afloat pretty much everywhere. And I just thought I'd come in, say hello, get to know each other. And he kind of nods and he says, well... I've got a wife and a kids. I don't get to see him anymore. I don't get to go home anymore. I'm no longer welcome there. Um, <gasps> what, what happened? <clears throat> share too many secrets with the captain, and that's against the dwarven way. If you share your secrets outside of the Brotherhood, you're uh, you're banished. You never get to see him again. I love my wife. My wife loves me. My kids. I love my kids. I don't know if they know me anymore. Uh, and that that's about it for me. Um, I've been with the captain for probably about 10 years now. Um, Mr. Wibbles, did you say you were part of the Brotherhood? Yeah. The brotherhood Which of, Brotherhood? Of, of what? Oh, wait, am I even there? You're not there, no. <laughs> Are you in a barrel? Are you in a barrel? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, am I in a barrel? Um, why not? This is a... Uh, all dwarves are part of a brotherhood. Is that just how you dwarves live? Every dwarf basically belongs to a different brotherhood, and these brotherhoods uh, control the tech 
and the steam technology and the knowledge uh, in each region. They lost a fine man, clearly. I'm sorry about your family. Yeah, one day, but... And you did it for the captain? Yeah, um, used to run with the captain a lot and kind of got carried away on some of his adventures and uh, gave too much tech to this airship, and uh, that's not the way of our people, so... That's it for me. I don't get to I don't see the family anymore. Uh, Mr. Wibbles. And uh, if, if Asa could, she would like try to place a very um, sympathetic hand on his shoulder, like a very firm grip. I kind of nods and he says, I mean, the captain doesn't have anybody anymore either, so we're kind of stuck with each other. Did the captain lose his family as well? Is he barred from them? Uh, captain... Captain lost his family, it's fair to say, but that's because he's a screw-up in a different way. You probably know about, you know, his name. Yeah, I do a little bit. Yeah, so, there's that. I'm not... (laughs) What do you know about his name, though? Well, I mean, I used to ride with him back when he had one, so I know that much. Yeah. A man without a name. Yeah, I don't understand the magic stuff and how that all works, but yeah, he can't have one, so he can't really settle down. I just, I, I just don't know where he encountered that magic, though. Uh, in a gambling hall, actually, he uh, gambled his name away. And um, I guess there's this whole thing about like there's names, and then there's like your true name. Like it's a difference between calling me like uh, head engineer and calling me by my full name. Uh, he somehow gambled his whole name away, and he gambled it to the wrong person, who somehow actually wanted names, and so he doesn't have a name anymore. That's the captain for you. Yeah, really shitty at gambling. That is the captain. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Wibbles, does that mean that that's how he lost his family? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, he gambled everything away to get back the gambler. He lost all of their... I mean, he lost everything of theirs. And then also lost his name. And there's something... About, I don't. Again, I don't know the magic side of things. But there's something about not having a name that kind of keeps you from being like, I guess you don't get to have family or love or all that shit. That poor captain. You know, Mr. Wibbles, I feel that after the captain has been so generous to my friends and I, that we owe him to a bit. What what city or world did he lose his name on? Because if, if my friends have an opportunity to take the name back... And he kind of looks around, he's like, that's enough of the captain's business that I should be spreading. If if he wants you in that fight, he'll have to tell you himself. And he says, I Fair gotta enough. get back downstairs. I really do appreciate the drink, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, no, okay, Mr. Wibbles. Thank you. Uh, feel free to find me if you ever need another more. Uh, the ale is free. He nods, he's like, right on. And kind of pat All you right. on the back and heads downstairs. Yeah, and Vasa just like leans back against the railing of the ship, really cool. Until Mr. Wibbles is out of sight. And then she like dashes down to the friends. Like, guys, 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 that's what I found out. That's what I found out. <laughs> I'm and amazed was- you got that much information out of a dwarf. They basically hate everybody. Like, yeah. my son Grover has lived in I Wexler. Uh, uh, and then it'll be like sidles a little bit to the side and starts stage whispering anyway like i said everybody they hate them uh so this guy he must be a real chatty catty vasa just like "Eh, i have have my ways but yeah keep it between us 
just so you know, Captain's got some kind of thing on him. And now Vasa is satisfied and she has no other further interest in this ship. She's going to go, <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. And then um, Vasa will be like, so how, how are we going to sleep? Do we take turns again? I think that would be best. Um, never sleeping alone in a room in case. Should we also advise the crew? Because no. didn't we find out that the nightmares are also other people's? Right? I still don't agree with that. I don't think that they're other people's. I think if if they're being played by the nightmares things, it affects them in their dream. But ours are the ones that come out. Tompkins? He's writing down. He's like, huh? We're the lucid dreamers and they only yeah. come out because we lucid dream. Yeah. Right? Because they can't get us in our dream. But wait. Didn't um, didn't it a dream a loose a nightmare come out of Tompkins once when he was sleeping? He's like, yeah, yeah, it totally came after me. That was terrible. You're, are you a lucid dreamer? Nope, I don't think. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, he kind of stops and thinks. Like, I don't know. No one's ever asked me that before. I mean, I. Vasa clamps a hand over Tompkins' mouth, and then she says, "Wait, remember when we were at that tavern in Tremessa?" The entire tavern was slaughtered by their nightmares. So it's not just us that can pull nightmares out of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Vasa mm-hmm. takes her hands off the top like, of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> In that case, there's really nothing we can do for the ship except hope that we get to our destination before the nightmares. Before I think it's our, our presence that causes the nightmares to be pulled out. Two ideas. Presence- Two ideas. One, maybe dwarves on this world don't sleep. Fuck our dwarves. So, booyah. Maybe dwarves don't sleep. So then we wouldn't have to worry about the crew falling asleep. Uh, if that's not the case, um, then the second idea I had was what if, like, you, like, uh, Tin and Roberto, can you guys learn how to, like, uh, do the mechanical stuff on the ship? And then they could, like, you could just keep the ship going? In case, like, all the crew guys? Why do we bother listening to you, Tompkins? I just don't know why we spare the space in the room for you to speak. (laughs) I just don't. I was really excited for whatever it was you were going to say. Consider me very disappointed. I feel like I am a man of contingencies, and you aren't. And he kind of raises his eyebrows and goes, mm, so? And he kind of takes a step back. He he has a point. What if everyone dies on the ship? Then how will we steer it? How will we keep it going? Takes a step over towards Tin. I think Vasa um, makes threatening pinching motions in the air at Tompkins before talking. She says, well, I don't think we necessarily need to know how to run the ship. We just need to learn how to run the the copter things. Because we can't keep an entire ship afloat, but we can maneuver those copter things. So if you could copter figure out how to, how to, you know, they're little, those machines they have, the little small vomit machines they have. They have vomit if, machines? That's terrible. If you could potentially learn, she's just ignoring Tompkins, talking over his head, if you could potentially learn how to pilot those, it would be it would be worthwhile, I suppose. Mm-mm, no way. Tin? <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. Roberto, you should be more like your big sister. 
Uh, well, she could fly, and no one. Hey, just because we're forged doesn't mean we're related. That's so racist. Ten. I just—it's a figure of speech. <laughs> uh, Master Dorf, how are you getting along with that shard? Yeah, and that's eventually like it, why everyone was doing that. That's what you know. Um, for most of them, would have been doing would just be messing with the shard. Yep. Do you want to do a check? Investigation? Sure. Or you do an Arcana. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start, you know, tonight I'll do an arcana check, and tomorrow investigation, and then, you know, we'll switch back and forth. <laughs> then maybe one day we'll do religion, just for good sake. Well, while he's doing that real quick, Tin will just, like, if, is there, if there's a crew member that walks by, she'll be like, hey, huh. do you sleep? <laughs> it just doesn't feel like it sometimes, and he walks away. Tin's like, I knew Tompkins was full of shit. <laughs> I had an idea. I had a great idea. Roberto. Bagpipes. The crew just won't sleep all night because you're playing the bagpipes so they won't get killed by nightmares. You guys don't sleep either. That's all stuff things in her ears. I'm completely yeah. down with this. <laughs> what did you get on your check, uh, Brummelstone? A terrific seven. The secrets elude you. <laughs> <laughs> There's, but, there's a way to continually investigate until I get something, you know? Like, you can roll again at disadvantage. Vod steps that. in, rolls a natural 20 in Arcana. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to roll at disadvantage. Right. Because I can't actually get lower than a 1. So, uh, I got a 20 and a 16 there. Nice. Ooh. Nice. So, what nice. are you trying to learn about the shard? Like, how... I guess, like, what field of arcana is it connected to like how is it broken like it's obviously a piece of something like does it look like it can fit back sure sure together or is it like reshapable in any way you know like yeah so like how yeah how solid tonight you spend time um researching and testing its energy and you find that although the shard is small i mean not this particular shard but you know even though it is just a crystal. It's holding an intense amount of energy inside of it. Um, that light that it gives off isn't really light, possibly. It's more like blinding inspiration and creativity. So, like, people aren't, people aren't losing their eyesight to it. They're being overwhelmed by it. It doesn't necessarily make sense to you because you've, you've used it to light your way. And what you conclude towards the end of this is that some of this, because it's dream logic, it's not going to make sense. And that seems to be the defining factor for this. All the tests you're going to do and all the things you're going to learn about it, um, you're going to find conflicting aspects to it. And you're going to have to try to figure out whether or not you just haven't learned enough about it yet. Or if it's truly, this is a situation where it's being defined by dream logic. Because it's not giving off light, but you were able to see your way as you needed to. That, Is that why I keep it keeps talking to me like my sixth grade teacher? Logic <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> joke. The Sorry. energy inside the crystal, and not in a nefarious way, but the energy inside the crystal wants to be released. Like this shard is a poor body for it. It was never meant to be a shard. Whatever is inside of this uh, shard, it doesn't want to be in there in a very real way. 
Um, not so much to the point where it's, like I said, it's not nefarious. It's not going to find a way to screw you over or corrupt you or take over you. Would you say it's fair to say like it's like a lightning bug in a glass, you know, like glass container? Right, right. Yeah, it, it doesn't want to be there, you right. know, but it can't necessarily get out. Yep, that's pretty much exactly it. Um, the last thing you would determine with your score with your role is that the shard is constantly reaching out somewhere. You're not sure where it's reaching out to, but if you hold on to the shard long enough, like if you take it out of its bag and you're studying it, eventually you feel like it wants to take you somewhere. And then after that, give me an investigation check. Uh, ten. A ten? You're just not sure why. So yeah, if I had figured that out before we had gathered together, yeah. or eventually, did, like, yeah. I would, I would relay that knowledge. Like, okay, it's trying so. to take us somewhere, but I don't know why necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's something it's trapped in the shard. Anyone uh, that wants to can roll an uh, insight check to try to help them out. I do. I do. I don't like no, in no it. one Ooh. else is interested. Me too. <laughs> I got a two. Fuck I that. Try. No insight. <laughs> yeah, this is how I've been rolling, like for the night. Like... I got an eight. I got a twelve. What's We're the highest number? There. What did Ertlby get? Nineteen. Yeah. After Brummelstone kind of dumps all that information on you guys, um, there is a moment, uh, Ertlby, where you kind of take a sec, a uh, step back. And you remember how efficiently um, Vasa was able to navigate the tunnels of Obrimos. That seems highly illogical, given that she'd never been there before. Like, she found her way right out. Do you guys remember that? No. Yeah. Yeah, it was back in about episode nine, um, actually, where you guys had made the role... And you had gotten a 26 on the roll, actually. And you had just, like, flown through the tunnels. You knew exactly where to go. It was at that point where Roberto questioned you. And he's like, why are we going west? And you were like, because I got a 26 on my roll. Oh, that one. And uh, <laughs> that's where we're going to fucking go. Or something. I forget what the exact quote was. It was really funny. But, yeah, it was at that point that, like, you guys didn't realize that, like, there's no way that Vasa would know where to go through the tunnels. Like, that was something else totally different happening and it was when she was using the crystal to guide her way out. Vasa would have turned to Brummelsono and say, uh, Master Dwarf, do you think you can get any more out of the shard? Probably not tonight. In that case, I'm going to do some investigation on my own. Do you mind if I have it for a night? It's all yours. Vasa, uh, at this point, she's gonna, she's gonna, uh, what's that word for, like, low-tech it? Because she has her thievery ways of figuring things out. And now that uh, Brummelstone has cleared it for not being a nefarious uh, presence, she's going to run a couple of experiments. First, she's going to drop it in her mug of ale, and she's going to chug that ale to see if there's any magical properties to be gained from that. Does she feel any different? <laughs> nope. Okay. I feel like this is the cutscene yet of like Vasa trying to smash it. It's <laughs> <laughs> just a montage. She's like sticking Two. it up her nose. Gets a blowtorch out. She's <laughs> actually going to take one of the sharp edges of the shard and cut herself a little bit and just like press a shard to the wound to see if she can absorb his powers. Does she feel any different? No. Nope. I mean, depending on how long you let yourself bleed, you might. <laughs> no, it's just a little bit. It's just a little working. Three. <laughs> Three. She's actually going to put it in her mouth and just hold it there for like 10 minutes. Does it feel like anything? 
Um, no, I mean, you. the problem is that you have it and your mind's racing. You're not sure if it's because you're overly active. Ideas. You're not getting anything from it, okay. but it, yeah. <laughs> you okay. Keep, you keep getting like these like half ideas and then not going anywhere with them. Yeah. Uh, she's going to try rubbing it. It's like as if it was a lamp. Nothing coming out of that. She's going to sniff it. She's going to like take a dagger and like just like tink, tink, tink it a little bit to see if it like fractures easily to test how strong of a, of a crystal it is. How strong is it? It's fairly durable. You don't know how far you could go with that, but yeah, she so won't. far there's no scratches. Well, in that case, she's just going to retire for the night. She's actually going to grip it tightly in her hand. Vasa will actually attempt to speak to it. She'll be like, hello? Anybody there? Is this thing on? Voice? Pedro? <laughs> but, no. <laughs> but then actually, after all these little like little fooling around, she'll just actually, um, she's going to go to bed. She's going to hold it tightly in her hand against her skin, shove her hand underneath the pillow so the light doesn't interrupt her. And then if she wants, if she is allowed to, she'll try to sleep. Yep, yep. Yeah, you fall asleep almost immediately holding it. So, what is everyone else doing? I guess I'm just hanging out since everyone wants me to stay awake. Am I? Do you, do you actually want me to keep the dwarves up with bagpipes? <laughs> I think not for now, but like, we'll see. Let's save that power move for later. Hmm. Roberto still practices anyway for a couple of hours. Well, you start to, and one of the dwarves comes up on the deck and is like, "You need to stop that." <laughs> oh, why are you trying to stifle my creativity? No, no, no! Just the timing of your creativity, he says. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, be free so tomorrow they morning. Do sleep. Okay. Fine. If, I kind yeah, of stop my foot a little bit. Just <laughs> it's gonna be okay. If other people are up, or the rest of the party is up in a gatherable place, yeah. it might be, like, I think Brumbleson would try to discern a watch order throughout the night. Okay. If everyone was cool with that. And then he would spend the night uh, trying to find the best place in a book to start writing, like, a journal. He's essentially writing to Claiborne, like, a list of adventures. Dearest Claiborne. Dearest. Me lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm not going to touch the shard again because I'm pretty sure Vasa just put it in her mouth for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sticky. You're like, oh. <laughs> what, what have you what been did doing? You do with this? <laughs> uh, Erlby, um is going to turn into a cat and like curl up by Tin. She's going to keep Aww. Tin company and fall asleep in cat form. Tin's going to. Yeah, Ten's gonna absentmindedly just keep like petting or right. while she's like, ch- yeah, just chilling out. Can I? Um, I'm. A, I'll, I guess I'll take first watch if everyone's sleeping. Okay. What's your um perception? It is eleven. Okay. Uh oh. I love how we have the same perception, but only Ten is considered the <laughs> oblivious one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, can I actually go? Take a quick look at the engine room. Yeah, yeah. So you, you start heading down there, but I, I want to wait till Jane gets back. But yeah, what 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 happened? Um. So Roberta took first watch, and Pedro was like, "What's your perception?" And I said eleven. He said, "Okay," and then started rolling several dice. Yeah. Over yeah. and over and over. What's and your over. AC? What? It is seventeen. Seventeen. That's pretty good. 
It's very good, even though I'm oh, technically naked. I'm naked except for a pair of pants. That's true. They're flannel. So, Roberto, you make your way downstairs. You begin walking the halls, making your way towards the engine room, or kind of hoping that you can find the engine room. You're not really exactly sure where it is. You're walking down a series of hallways, and as you're about ready to turn the corner to continue searching for the engine room, you find a number of sharp talons dig into your armor and deal five damage. Oh! As you spin around, you see two sets of this like familiar-looking kind of black ooze peeling itself all the, off the walls and slowly lurching to you in weird, long strides. Why didn't we keep playing the bagpipes? We should have kept playing bagpipes all night long. Thanks for listening to episode 47, A Man Without a Name. If you want more World Walkers in your life, you can visit our website at worldwalkerspodcast.com. You can also find us over at World Walkers Pod on Twitter or on Facebook at facebook.com slash worldwalkerspod. And I also want to take a moment to thank my Patreon members who continue to make all this possible. If you want to find out more about that, go take a look at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. Huge thanks, as always, to Kevin McLeod over at Incomitech.com for the music in this episode, and thanks, as always, to Sirenscape for the sound effects you heard. You can find them at Sirenscape.com. Is there some kind of entertainment center on this boat? You? None. (laughs) There is now. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just Roberto playing the same song that he wrote (laughs) across the boat. <laughs> the same song. There's like a flash of like four hours later where someone's just like. People start jumping stop. off overboard. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes two gold! <gasps> yes. Mainly to yes. shut up. <laughs> where would that be in this book, real quick? It'd be a first level Sorry. spell in um, chapter like 12, it's under F. Okay. Hold on, let me just double check. I have, but I just want to make sure. I can't remember if it includes just me or... I think you increased the level to get more people. You've dropped a lot of people. You've either falled a lot of people before. No, I've only done it like twice. All I know is that's the ending of the movie, is us heroically jumping off. (laughs) Aim for the bushes. (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. (laughs) We're going to Pocahontas this shit. (laughs) (laughs) Um. can you paint with all the colors of the wind can you (laughs) (gasps) can you paint with all the crushed bodies oh my god (laughs) guys can I talk meta with you for a second Uh, Ertleby is trying to figure out if heating the metal of the forge would throw off their steam powers given that steam engines rely on heat and if you throw it out of whack with more heat, they might explode. But then all of the things I'm trying to Google to find a YouTube video showing this would actually happen are for video games? Like, like, tech I feel like Well, obviously it's a real now, because... I feel like if steamed creatures depend on heat to power them, that 
healing them would just be like giving them steroids. But it like, would like it'd be too much for their systems, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, isn't this like the thing where you've got the old jalopy and you're like driving along and then like, oh, <laughs> so it's like that Batman it. villain who like has to give himself steroids to get super strong, but he can get too strong and then he like dies. Yes. Yeah, it will be exactly like that. Megan, I see your hand is raised. And if questions, have, yes, Miss McKay, <laughs> would you like the the talking stick? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would. I would. Yes. Um. <laughs> that or it'll be and like after he says that it kind of comes to you in that little there were so many parts in my life where i felt i was all alone and when i looked back on the footprints in the sand i saw only one nope set of footprints take that shit right out podcast. <laughs> it was actually <laughs> <laughs> the shot was carrying us <laughs> world walkers <laughs> take two <laughs> <laughs> the shard was with me when I was a rat in the tunnels, surviving better than anyone has ever survived in the tunnels before. And yet somehow not getting any credit for that. <laughs> so what I'm picking up from this is that despite Ertlebee's insight, she's communicating in a completely unproductive way that none of us get to gain from her insight. <laughs> Ertlebee shares that she thinks the shard is leading us and has been leading us this whole time <laughs> that is dun, just dun, for the record dun. that's not what your insight role gave you <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're adding on to the insight role it's been with us it lives yes completely <laughs> all right wait pedro do you want to like like does the shard seize control of Ertleby and nope. give her insight into what to say? <laughs> nope. Ertleby says, I think the shard has helped us get out of the tunnels that one time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Ertleby is having her little insight moment there and getting lost in her, her she's, she's, um She's having a religious moment. She's, she's becoming a believer is, is what's clearly happening. Um, like you can feel like there's the thing. What what I did was, since he felt that weird tugging, yeah. Train. It felt like a train calling me in direction. <laughs> <laughs> that's the weird. It's like a light at the end of the tunnel. That's, that's the go towards yeah, that light. That's the weird. That's the tugging noise you should just play. It's just yeah. the train. He felt you the weird it. tugging noise. But it Take a quick look at the engine room. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So you start heading down there, but I, I want to wait till Jane gets back. Okay, okay. Uh-oh. I have. Uh-oh. I'm curious about. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Nothing you to worry found, about. You found the cat that snuck on board, and it's Bradley. Okay. <laughs> and now it's awkward <laughs> because now you Bradley. have to introduce Bradley to your turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not cool with it. Guys, I wrote Roberto a theme song. <gasps> Well, it, what are we finished. waiting for? It's finished. Do you need me to beatbox behind it? <laughs> <laughs> it it's the dumbest thing ever. Um, irritably saying that the shard was guiding us all along. Uh, I typed it in the chat, but I just wanted to sing it out loud because it's like one of my favorite Disney songs. It's like, it lives in you. It lives in me. It watches over everything we see. <laughs> Anyways, that was beautiful. I'm Thank so you. happy you sang that. Just, just waiting for the <laughs> musical episode, really.
I actually don't know what song you were singing. It just went uh, right over from, my head. That's what I, like. I want to say it's like Lion King 2, which is the best Disney sequel. It's no fun. Even than Lion King 1 and a half. Oh my god. <laughs> it's no Return of Jafar, thank you. <laughs> Jafar's back. And your fez. Don't forget your fez. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, my my fez doesn't... Oh, right. I don't think it gives me any armor, though, does it? No. Plus two to just looking really badass. Yeah. <laughs> Plus five to style. Yeah. <laughs> Plus five to swag in game. Yeah. Nice. That's not something you would find on what not to wear. <laughs> Stacy and Clinton would approve. <laughs> <laughs> It's me dropping my what not to wear knowledge right there. <laughs> Fez is as fashionable as an A cut skirt. They're always recommending something like that. But uh, while we're taking this little moment, uh, I would highly recommend everyone watch Lion King 2. I like Lion King 1 and a half, which is the, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the Lion King uh journey i actually i can't even remember what happens in that i just remember like it hit me at that formative age where i thought anything that had jokes was good um, <laughs> that's still true that's that's an honest like <laughs> yeah I was, if someone is attempting to make a joke it's a movie worth watching it's successful <laughs> that's um, why boy was not what's that movie where the kid where it was filmed for 12 years boyhood oh yeah uh boyhood yeah, that's not worth watching. Oh, oh I like no that movie. No, that movie was shit. Oh, wow. I made the mistake of thinking something would happen in the movie. That was It was my fault, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you wanted to waste a, a long time watching Someone Ethan Hawke yeah, age in real time, it was a wonderful experience.